Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to break through the illusion of separation. And I have a very special guest again back with me today, and I am looking forward to this show. And before I introduce her, I want to tell you a story. Because last night I went for a walk with my husband and my nephew, and we were walking on our normal path. I live in a very small rural area. I live in a pretty quiet, safe community, and um, I should say very, (laughs) very quiet, very safe community. And last night we're two, almost two miles from home on our regular track. And a young boy comes up behind us on a bike. Hey, 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 gets our attention. Hey, and we all stop, turn around. He goes, hey, and he stops. He gets off his bike, he says, he says, you, you have to stay on the street. Don't go over to this street. And he begins pointing to us like, don't go over that way or you'll get black eyes and bloody nose. Don't go that way. You'll get hurt. And my husband and, and nephew are like, okay, thanks. And I said, well, what's going on? What's going on over there? And the little boy says, well, they'll beat you up. They're really mean. They're really bad people, and it's really, really dangerous. Just don't go that way. You're okay on the street. Go straight. Don't go that way. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you okay? Are you safe? And he said, well, yeah, right now. Just don't go over that way. And I said, well, thank you for warning us, but do we need to call the police? And it was so cute. This response was so cute. He says, no. It makes me, it just makes me want to cry and laugh at the same time. He says, no, we don't call the police because they're not using guns. So it's not illegal. And he holds up his hands like this and goes, it's not illegal to use your fists. And they're not using guns. And I said, well, sometimes it is illegal. Most of the time, if you're getting hurt by someone with a fist, it's illegal and we can call the police. And he said, well, we don't need to call 911 yet. I said, okay. And I said, are there any adults in your life that know you have this fear and that know that it's not safe to go over there? And he said, yes. I said, okay, are you going back home? And he said, yeah. And he took off on his bike. It broke my heart. It just broke my heart open, especially we live in this small little town. But the illusion of this being, it's not gun violence, so it's not illegal, but like, is this coming from a real life experience? I'm going to talk to my nephew, who's a police officer in this town. Was this a real experience or was this a trauma from watching the news and seeing all the events unfolding on there? I don't know what it was, but to have that in the consciousness of probably an eight-year-old boy was so sad and makes this discussion today more relevant for all of us, when we really understand what's beneath this 
trauma and violence that's happening on our planet. So I just want to introduce as, as black lives matter and the movement to heal and really transcend systemic racism and police brutality swells. We also need deep healing to release the trauma from the violence in our mind, in our body, and in our soul. And the Ungun Institute, which we're going to talk about today, is a model that engages the arts, deep connection, and communication of a common core language. I'm going to ask our guests what that means. What's a common core language to achieve positive outcomes for healthy relationships within communities, within families, within workplaces. And so here we are within the world, hopefully as well, as we get this work out there. So I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your heart and your mind. And really settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce Dr. Marty K. Casey. She is the founder of the Ungun Institute. Also, Black Sunday. You're going to hear about both of those things in this hour. And she's an actor, an artist, and an activist. And most importantly, she's an amazing human being. I'm so happy to have her back. So welcome, Dr. Marty. Thank you so much, Dr. Julie, for having me back and just being here today. I, I, I feel like you and I have been knowing each other a whole lot longer than we actually have because we share a very um, similar energy. So our synergy is amazing. And when you can feel it through uh, the computer screens, that's really saying something. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. So you you mentioned having you back. I want to just let our listeners know if you're listening for the first time, I did have you on the show last week and you can find that on thedrjulieshow.com or Empower Radio. It was a beautiful conversation where we talked about Black Sunday. We're going to bring that in again today, but I'm going to, I, I want to bring my traditional first question in again with a twist because that question really really helps us to ground into the theme of the show, all things connected, right? Mm -hmm. And we really put that into a, a larger meme of a whole worldview and really what's what we're doing, learning how to live for the good of the whole here. So as I do, Marty, you and I were discussing trauma. And when you shared some really personal pieces of, of a healing situation with someone, you had you had mentioned when we begin disconnecting when we begin disconnecting with others, when our world disconnects us from others, then that that's a prolonged part of the trauma. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's as if the trauma process continues mm -hmm. after an event. And when you said that, I thought, brilliant. Mm -hmm. it, it goes into what we know from the research. But I want to ask you then, in terms of healing and in terms of knowing the disconnection creates more trauma and perpetuates violence, which we're going to talk about. What does all things connected mean to you when it comes to healing and healing trauma? Wow. Well, that's simple. Um, I would say for me, a lot of times people think that their mind, their body, and their spirit are three separate 
spaces. For me, it's all one. It's all connected in this one body. And when we disconnect the mind, the body and spirit as being three separate things, then that's where, um, if you will, that's where the trauma can live in that disconnect. So what you really want your goal to be is to bring that connection back. I, I shared with you earlier, I gave the example of the rubber band. Like when you, when you're really pulling, pulling, pulling on that rubber band, you could continue to pull, it'll snap, you know? And so that's, that's, that's when that trauma really occurs. That's when it happens. And so, uh, but when you allow that pull and then you pull it back, it naturally goes back into where it needs to be. So my goal is to reach individuals, um, in a place before they completely snap that we are able to allow um, mm. that to pull and then bring them back naturally where they belong, where we all belong, because that's where our happiness and our joy, that's where it lives. And so uh, for me to answer your question, it's one. Mm. I love that bringing it into the mind, body, spirit, and and just that piece is one. And with the rubber band, we were talking about resilience. So I'm just going to jump there now, since you're on that thread, I want to bring that in is that, um, you know, we were talking about how trauma is one thing and then how we manage trauma at the time mm-hmm. affects us perhaps for a lifetime. And many out there that are listening right now could go, Oh yeah, that one, that one, incident was the beginning of this and I've suffered ever since, or I've had these results or this kind of experience with life because of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, when you were talking about the rubber band, um, and, and learning how to be resilient, one of the things talk about all things connected, the research shows us, especially with early childhood adverse experiences, when, when we have childhood adverse experiences, the research shows us that those who become resilient are those who have more human connection mm-hmm. and connection with adults in their lives. And those that really snap when the rubber band snaps, it's because they don't have connection with mm-hmm. others. They don't have connection with adults. And so there's a direct correlation to our relationships and, and how we get to literally move through trauma, move through life, move through healing with people who love us and care for us and see us and hold us, that that amount of connection is really important. What would you say about that? I know you gave me some specific examples mm-hmm. of, especially um, one this morning when we were talking earlier, that the trauma occurs and then people who don't believe us, people who, you know, it's like you're stirring the family dynamics, you're creating more trauma for everybody else. And then there's this this disconnect. What would you say about resilience when we're really talking about trauma and violence? And then we'll go into um, really 
we'll we'll see where we go from there. Let's. Well, I I first want to respond to when you were speaking, because that's one of the things that I bring into my method. It's it's important for people to understand that, you know, you may have had one experience, which would be an acute um, experience of, of trauma. And then you could also have chronic, which is what I have, you know, experienced. And then you can also have that third one is complex. And so it's important to know what you're, which, which area you fall in, because that's how those triggers will, will, will also show up. So are we, could we be triggered from, uh, you know, that one event or are we triggered from a multiple set of events or that one big event plus that own, you know, uh, that complex where it becomes, and, and so that's really, really important because once I understood that personally, I had multiple experiences of trauma. I then really understood that automatically the fact that I'm still waking up every day and I'm, I am still willing to give it my all that I was resilient. I understood that I had enough stretch in my rubber band that I could bring it back to, to that, that, you you know, to the beginning, if you will, to its normal state and being resilient. When you know this about yourself, which I just believe we all are, but some, like you said, some of us, we, we need help. We need others to connect to, to help us get there. That's why you do the work that you do, Dr. Julie. That's why I do the work that I do. And there's others and we don't have to even be, you know, uh, in a profession, so to speak, um, to help someone to get there. But what you do, I, I feel like if we are, if we at least we respect each other enough and we love each other enough to say that I see something has happened. Mm. And I think I talked a little bit about this last week. It's not so much about what's wrong, but what happened. I see something has happened and I want to help you help yourself. That's important. So to answer your question um, about being resilient, that is the direction that we need to move in. You have to know that you have enough inside of you right now, no matter what your experiences have been. It's been one experience. It's been several or it's been multiple. We can still help you help yourself. And I want to also add is that we um, let me turn this down a little bit. I'm hearing all these little things come across, but I uh, we also want to add that. Your trauma, there's no such thing as measurement. We usually in life, we measure everything. We have to scientifically make it make sense. You own your own feelings. Your trauma may not be my trauma. I have no right to say to you what you're feeling does not really add up to that should not have been a traumatic experience. No, your mind, your body, your spirit will tell you if it was traumatic or not. And you will feel it and it will show up in areas that you will know for a fact it was traumatic. And that's not anything 
in my opinion, that can be measured. So you don't, bring compare, don't compare with someone. Oh, yeah. you know, I, you, there's so many different, you could, it could be a loss of a loved one. It could be a car accident. It could have been, you, know, you lost your home, you lost a job. Someone got shot. Someone, you know, you know, broke into your home, anything, whatever it was traumatic for you. You don't let anybody tell you that you didn't feel what you felt. That's so important along with the resilience. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So part of your genius, part of what attracts me to you is not just doing the healing work on the planet right now, but looking at this from a whole systems perspective of healing trauma to heal violence. You've made the connection that, you know, we often hear that hurt people hurt people. And you've made the connection of trauma and then later gun violence. And we're in a state in our country and in the world right now of really looking at violence, police brutality, the Black Lives Matters coming up. And you say, I love a couple of quotes that you have. I'm going to say two of them because this is really important. Trauma is transferable. And I'm going to let you talk about that. And the second thing that you say is spreading violence is just like a spreading virus. Mm -hmm. And so when you make the connection, Dr. Marty, between trauma and then those who will pick up a gun and, and move into violence is a really important. Some people don't. Some people are traumatized and they go quiet, right? They go within. They go, um, they, they manage trauma differently and they manage the, the illness that can be created or post-traumatic stress or whatever that might be, acute traumatic stress. However, when you look at violence and you created the Ungun Institute, you're helping people get to the root of the trauma to look at managing those emotions very differently. Mm -hmm. So do you want to speak a little bit about trauma is transferable and then how we literally move into violence from that place? Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm real big on energy and how we show up in the room. And I guess that's that actress side of me. And that's one of the reasons that I use the art, if you will, to uh, really introduce this work. Um, it's almost like, you know, trying to get a child to eat broccoli, you know, sometimes you got to put cheese on it. And so for me, the cheese on broccoli is using the arts to really help people deal with that aspect of it, uh, because it's hard to talk about. I mean, you're talking about hurt feelings. You're talking about things that that can, you know, make your body feel a certain way, things that mentally is draining to you and you don't know, you feel like I can't go on or what have you. So, um, yes, vi violence um, is so connected to uh, trauma and what a person has experienced. And when you spoke about hurt people, hurt people, we have, we have heard that all the time. However, I want to get to a place where we can say healed people can heal people. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we can get there is that we begin to do that work. We really actually begin to do the work to heal people and people show up to be healed. That is, that is like super, super, super important to me. Um, so when the energy, 
when you walk into a room and that heaviness that you you carry is just like depression or or stress or sadness or what have you you can see a person their their emotion their their facial expression it may change from what you norm how you normally see them show up and you go oh wow you look so sad what's wrong <laughs> that's just an automatic thing that we say you know and so what i i teach and 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 what i really want to get others to understand is that um, pain that hurt that deep, deep, deep hurt. What I call trauma bullets. When you have something that has happened and that bullet is lodged on the inside of you, you see it before anyone will say it. You can see it, but we are so accustomed to, um, asking questions and listening for a response in order for us to, to verify or to guarantee that something has happened. You know, even when we when people go on trial, what do we do? We ask questions and, you know, and so it's it, at the end of the day, how is it showing up in their body? That energy that they when they come into the room and someone something has happened, it can shift and change the atmosphere just like that. The party could have been, oh, man, everybody having a good time and somebody walk in and, you know, and it just looks like they're in shock. Everybody's going to stop and go, oh, my God, is she okay? What's wrong? Because we see it. Nothing's been said, but we can see it on them. So imagine if every day that's how we begin to um, notice individuals. What if we didn't what if we didn't depend upon our voice and our words so much? but we really tapped into people's emotions and we really started looking deep into their energy and how they're showing up and how they're responding to things. Are they shaking? Are they, are they speaking loud or normally they have a, a, a very vibrant and loud voice and today it's very low. What if we started really paying attention to those things? But we have to train ourselves to do that. That's why in the Ungun Institute Heal Method, through my workshops, this is what I begin to teach. Because if a person, before a person walks into a school and they, unfortunately, we've seen too much of this where they have shot up the school Somebody saw those individuals that day before um, someone has has walked into that school. We can see how they have uh, we someone has seen them is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. But when they walked in, mm -hmm. we missed something. How did we miss their body language? We're waiting to see the gun before we realize they may shoot because we are not really stopping to see individuals' emotions mm. and their energy. And that's what has to be taught. Mm. I'm going to try to see how I can get you back on the screen, but I don't want to lose you. <laughs> well, that's okay. I got your voice and I'm going to just continue on with another question because it, it leads me to another conversation you and I had, Dr. Marty, that I think is really important and relevant. Like, yes, we need to identify hurting people, 
and offer help. But you made a really important point that I want to hear you expand on, which has to do with culture in a black community where if you go say you have a problem, you have a diagnosis, you need to get help. You had said, y'all, here's your quote. You'll never reach black people by telling them they have to heal or giving them a diagnosis. How do we reach these people? When we see the energy, when we see the trauma, when we see that someone is clearly hurting, what do we do to help them come into the healing response? Well, let me say this. It starts with relationship. And, I, and I'm so proud of the fact that we, it, it, it appears as if we are beginning to, um, we are beginning to develop the relationships one, with one another. We are realizing that that is so important that we um, can have those relationships. So um, that's really where, where it starts. Like with you and I, uh, Dr. Julie, right now, having this, this platform and this moment to come together, to get to know one another, the more that we can we can understand each other's culture, the more that we can respect and, and appreciate the differences that we have with one another, then it will be easier to have those conversations and then show up for um, each other in that moment. So I'm going to give you an example because, you know, I, this is something that I, you know, uh, like to do, but if I had an emergency and I needed to call 911. I am expecting those individuals to show up. Um, I have several things going on right now. I, I would expect those individuals to show up to my aid because I because I called 911 to look a certain way. They would become uh, in a uniform, be in the ambulance or, or a police officer or, or whatever the case may be. Sometimes, we are we don't feel safe to receive help from individuals if in our minds we have not allowed um them to show up in a manner that we ex we expect them to show up if an officer showed up without his uniform i may not trust the fact that he could still aid me like being an officer so what's important is that we start building those relationships before something happens. Mm. So when I call 911, regardless of the fact, if it's, if he shows up in a uniform or not, I can trust. I can trust because you've shown up for me in other aspects. Gotcha. So another interesting um Nuance. I, I just want to say this because, I, like I said, I had a lot of distractions. So I just want to be clear on this is that we have not shown up for each other enough. We really have not gotten to a place where we know each other enough. Are you comfortable coming into a black neighborhood where it doesn't look like your neighborhood? It's. It, 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 you, it's clear that um, there's poverty levels. Would you be just as comfortable coming into that neighborhood as you would be in the neighborhood that you may reside in right now? And you described your neighborhood in the beginning of this call. So what I want to say to you, because of the relationships that I have had an opportunity to establish over the years, I'm comfortable in both. 
-hmm. because what I understand is that people are the same, no matter what the environment is, it's the heart, it's the humanity, but fear sets in with individuals when they have not been, uh, they have not had the opportunity to experience all people under many different circumstances. Yeah. And that connection that we're talking about connection. So you, you also mentioned a belief system and faith that in Mm -hmm. the black community, you're, you're raised, you're encultured to, to really rely on God creator source that's going to do the healing. And so sometimes that makes that that creates a hurdle for people to, to move into healing. Mm -hmm. What would you say to those who might be listening right now? Um, who haven't had an opportunity to move into healing of how to overcome those hurdles and to, to get the help that they need. Can you repeat that for me again? I just want to make sure I'm clear on what to ask. Yeah. What I'm asking is what would you say to those who might be listening right now who haven't had the opportunity to do this deep healing work and perhaps look at hurdles like, for example, our faith or our belief systems, or mm-hmm. I have to be strong and I can't ask for help. What would you say to someone who's perhaps ready to move into healing, but still has these hurdles in front of them? What would you mm-hmm. say to them? What's the invitation? Well, you know, I will say this because I think you just really answered it. They're ready. You have to be ready. It's just like, you know, when um, you may you may have experienced, at least I know I have times in my life where I'm like, I need to lose some weight and I haven't lost any weight yet (laughs) because I'm not ready. I'm not really ready to to uh, stop eating those things that I, I love, that I munch on or whatever the case may be you. But when you make up your mind. And you say enough is enough and I am tired and I can see that the way that I show up, I am not feeling well. Physically, I'm not feeling well. Mentally, I'm not feeling well. Emotionally, I am not feeling well. I'm ready to feel better. When you are ready, you will be willing to do the work. And the person that's going to benefit from you doing the work is you. It's you. You're the person that's going to benefit from it. I can create five, six more programs. But until you're ready, there's really not much any of us can do. And I believe that we are ready. And that is the reason that we're rolling out Black Sunday on August 9th. And we're introducing Ungun Institute Heal to the world. Why? Because collectively we have experienced trauma. We have seen so many different things happen along the way and we have experienced extreme trauma at the same time collectively. But when have we given ourselves an opportunity in a moment to experience healing together? Mm. I'm ready. I'm ready every time I turn on the news. I'm ready every time I look on social media and I see someone saying I lost a loved one today. I'm ready. I'm ready. And that is the reason, Dr. Julie, 
that I began to 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 put this into a format that is easy for anyone, anywhere, anytime to feel better. So the the only question that I ask the listeners today. Are you ready? Are you ready to feel better? That's it. Yeah. So we're going to just go into Black Sunday here in a few minutes, but I want to just presence another question that came up last night on my walk. So my 22-year-old nephew is studying at the university and um, having a... I love having conversations with him. Carson is so bright and so open-minded and so um, just tuned in. So he wants to have these conversations. So we're on our walk and um, an event early in our walk precipitated the conversation about racial relations. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, where I'm going to go with this question, but um, my nephew is in a classroom of university students and they're exploring these topics. They're, they're not only exploring racial relations and, and um, gender relations, but all kinds of topics and, and communication in that. And, and there's been a couple of times that a professor has not let the men speak. He wanted the women to speak and the men to just listen. And, and Carson said last night, um, when I was talking about white privilege, he he said, why do I have to be judged mm. as a man of white privilege? Why do you have to look at me and say, I have white privilege? Yes, I grew up in an amazing, safe neighborhood and had all kinds of opportunities and going to get my education. Yes, there's privilege to it. But what if I don't see myself in that way? And what if I want to be seen as part of the solution and not a part of the problem by being labeled as a person of white privilege. And so my question as we move forward to this disarming trauma and ungun institute, ungun workshops, really healing and looking at Black Sunday, what, how do we respond to the white culture and the black culture that both need to heal through these events and through this collective trauma that we're all getting. What would you say to the white privilege voice or person um, from that vantage point for, so they can really move into a part of the solution and a part of the he be a part of the healing, not just go, I'm not privileged. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that way, but really what do we need to say to people like Carson? Well, I, you know what, I'm going to keep this simple. I could go deep with that, but I'm going to keep it simple. And I'm going to say this. Recognize that your privilege is like a superpower. Are you willing to share your superpower with others to help to save others when necessary? What, what can you do with your privilege in order to, um, allow that to be a, a tool to change the world and not a tool to destroy the world. How are you using your superpower? Give it a different name. Don't call it white privilege. Just give it a different name. How do you use your superpower 
to help all mankind. Those who don't look like you, those who have less than you, those you don't know anything about. But at the end of the day, you know you have something that can help another human being. So I think sometimes we get stuck, and I mentioned this earlier, Dr. Julie, on we get stuck on names and we get stuck on labels. And that is the reason that, you know, through Ungun, uh, which has a, a very unique name to it for a reason, because I want to speak a language that a lot of us, we run from. You say something like trauma bullets and, and ungunning and, and bullseye or what have you. People are like, oh, that sound, it's not, no because I'm not talking about a physical gun. I'm talking about the guns that we automatically have hidden in our hearts and how we, when we feel a certain way, we conveniently pull that gun out, which means a bad attitude and, and we mistreat each other. So imagine if you can ungun those trauma bullets and you pack it with more love. Imagine that then how would you use your superpower? Mm. You privilege, if, if you, you have white privilege, okay, I understand. I, you were born with it. We don't have it. But how do you treat me? How do you make me feel? When you have your privilege, how do you show up? How do you help the person next to you? Those are really the questions that only you can answer. Again, this, this, this work is not difficult, but it is necessary. And there's not, I can't give you the answer. This has to be your own personal discovery. And the more that we can get um, to a place where we go deep within and we are in tune with our feelings and our emotions, the less we will be focused on our race and our color and all those other things that we can see of how we're different. Embrace the differences. It's okay to be unique. It's okay to be different. I love being a black woman. I love that. Own who you are. I know what my superpower is. And I have I have privileges, Dr. Julie, that you don't have. You, you and I do very similar work. Yet and still, there's a culture that will bring me into the fold before they will allow you to come in. So that gives me privilege. I own my power. I own my superpower. But how do I use it? I use it by being inclusive with others. Dr. Julie, come on, let's talk about this. Dr. Julie, come on in and, and make sure you, you, you do a, uh, a portion of the workshop in Ungun Institute. We have to share and respect and love each other, no matter what your superpower is. Brilliant. The, the piece, Dr. Marty, that really moved me listening to that response and thinking about my nephew, Carson, who's going to listen to this for the response, mm -hmm. probably share it with his classroom, too, I would hope, is that when you bring it in as a superpower, 
like even white privilege as a superpower, not in a way that it's elitism. That's not what you're talking about. But I heard those two things of shame or anger. Like you can bring white privilege and be angry and defensive and go, I'm not privileged. I'm not. No, no, no. Or you could go into shame of, yeah, I've had that. And okay, well, I've got to hide it. I got to, you know, no, mm-hmm. no, it mm-hmm. brings the brilliance back in to say, claim your sacred authority, stand in your superpower and be a part of the healing of the separation, yeah. be a part of the healing of the illusion. That, yeah. For good. for good. Be a part, be an instrument for the good. I love that. Until we all can develop a very similar superpower. That's the thing. We want to empower each other. It's just like, you know, adults with children. As adults, we have a superpower that children do not have until they become adults. So right now, white culture has a superpower that black culture, we don't have. But once we have it, we will learn to live in harmony together. So right now, use it for good. Don't use it to keep a knee on the neck to someone. Don't don't use it to hurt the next person. Use it to protect. Use it to love. Use it to teach. Use it to open up a door of opportunity. Giving someone a voice that has been voiceless. I wish I could see you. I can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You can't see me. You look beautiful, by the way. Oh, oh my goodness. Thank you so much. <laughs> and for all of our listeners that are hearing, they can't see either of us. So, so there you go. But this, this piece I think is, is brilliant that I was imagining to going back to your premise that hurts people, hurt people mm-hmm. that even those so let's just use the what's in the news right now, the police officers kneeling on a neck and killing a man that mm-hmm. literally that isn't white privilege. That's probably trauma bullets. Right. That's probably- what I meant by that is that just being an officer of the law, you know, um, that gives them. It the, gives them. Privilege. Uh, yeah, no, I, I totally yeah. agree with it. But if we go mm-hmm. deeper, what I'm saying is if hurt people hurt people. What's really going on inside of some of these people who are out of control? Mm -hmm. Why do they respond with extremism and fear? And it probably has to do with healing those traumas like we've been Mm -hmm. talking about. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And that tells a whole different story, Dr. Marty. That Mm -hmm. brings us closer together again Mm -hmm. in all of our needs for healing. Mm-hmm. culture and individually. Yeah. And our families. Mm. So it, it goes along with the, the conversation of black lives matter versus all lives matter. And we're here hearing that, that pushback right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's not that, that all lives don't matter. It's let's shine the light on what's <clears throat> happening in the world and be a part of this solution. Absolutely. So, what would you say to the all lives matter people who are bringing that, that piece up? I, I shared a little something with you earlier and I, I'm going to uh, repeat that to keep it really simple. Um, imagine if we were taking a field trip with uh, children um, 
And when it was time, when the field trip was over and it was time to get back on the bus and the teacher stands in front of the bus and she goes, all right, is everyone here? And all of the children scream, yes, we're all here. The bus takes off, it goes back to school. And then now the teacher's inside the classroom and she's counting heads and she recognizes two people are missing. First thing that's gonna come to mind is that they're all not here. So when you go back to the place to see who was left behind, she discovers the two children that was left behind were two black children, two black children. Now, the thing is, they all was not there. They were not there. You cannot say all unless it's inclusive of everyone. And we can't leave anyone behind. Now, the two that was left behind just happened to be two black children. So now we need to be sensitive to and make sure that we're looking out for everyone. And I guarantee you that next field trip, that teacher is going to look for those two black children first. And then she's going to count heads and she's going to make sure everyone is on that bus before returning back to school. We didn't leave two white children behind. We didn't leave two brown children behind. We left two black. So now we got to do the extra work and we have to make sure that nobody gets left behind. Mm -hmm. But on that next trip, I guarantee you, teachers going to be looking and making sure those two black children are there. Yeah. And I need the world to do the same thing right now. We've been left behind. Come back and get us. Because all wasn't there. We're not all there yet. Come back and pick us up. And in doing so, make sure you recognize when we're not on that bus. Make sure it matters enough to you that before you say all people matter, make sure they all are there. Beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Marty. That gave me goosebumps. Mm -hmm. And part of gathering everyone on the same bus is this new event. Hopefully it will be an annual event and hopefully it will touch people around the world internationally, a brand new day called Black Sunday, S-O-N, Black Sun Day. Share with us a little bit more about that. And I'm going to, I'm going to share that the website of where they could find you and what have you in a minute, but go ahead and tell us a little bit about this event that's coming up again this Sunday. Yes. Wow. I'm so, so, so excited about black Sunday. Um, for various reasons, but I, this is an event uh, and it, it, it will be uh, an annual event every second Sunday of August moving forward. The date that was chosen to uh, basically uh, present this to the world is August 9th. And that date is, is uh, very important to me because I live in St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri. And um, just 10 minutes from where I actually live, uh, in the city uh, is Ferguson. 
in Ferguson um, had an incident to take place August 9th, 2014, when Michael Brown was shot and murdered uh, in the streets by a white officer. And um, that has really pushed me into doing the work that I do today. And for that, I'm very grateful. I pray that uh, what we we can do uh, together as a whole around the world, that we will bring these issues um, to an end. My prayers is that it, it is being brought to an end. But what I understand is that in order for that to happen, we have to communicate across the globe and we have to talk about these things. And we have to uh, also understand that violence is it's not uh, an isolated case. It is not just in the black communities. It is not just in America. It is all over the world. And so I think it is important for us to have a quick history lesson on Black Sunday and to um, to speak about how violence has has shown up um, in um, uh, Hiroshima and the uh, Nagasaki War, how it's shown up in Rwanda, how it has shown up in um in Australia with the uh, indigenous people and how it's continuously showing up in um, America. It started off with black boys and then it's moved into even uh, black adult men and now black women. And I believe that um, we are sounding the alarm on Sunday and we're saying enough is enough. We have to bring this violence violence to an end. And in order to do that, we have to start with self-healing. Because if the energy that I bring into the room is love and joy and peace, why would I pick up a gun and shoot my neighbor? Yeah. Or my cousin. Yeah. Or anyone. But if I come into the room and I'm hurt and I'm depressed and I'm 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 oppressed and I'm 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 just I'm hopeless. What would keep me from picking up a gun? Yeah. So Black Sunday, it's it's from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., 12 hours of the arts, music and speakers, and stories, and love, and hope. And we're going to take you from Ferguson to the world. Hmm. And we're going to do this together. We are going to take a special field trip, all of us. And we're not going to leave anybody behind. (laughs) (laughs) We're inviting everyone to come into the living room through your through your computer through your phone zoom on in with us and learn the history of what has been happening what has continued to happen and how can we show up for each other how can we have those real communications and not just having conversations julie you know i say this a lot i i appreciate us having conversations but what's next yeah 
Let's move and the only way we can get to the what's next is that we have to comprehend what we're talking about. And yeah. so on Black Sunday, we're going to we, we're going to make sure that that we have that opportunity opportunity to do that. And then the what's next is booking your workshop for Ungun. Beautiful. So you can find out more information um, before we close here. I want to make sure I get this in the ungunginstitute.com. You can find out more there about Dr. Marty and the Ungun Institute. And then to look for more information on Black Sunday, easiest way is to go to Facebook and put in Black Sun Day, three words, Black S-O-N Day. And you'll find the event page right there with all the information in your invited to register again go back to facebook if you're not on facebook um, contact me and I'll, I'll give you a direct link so black sunday coming up this this friday and, or this sunday excuse me and <laughs> if you are inspired by this conversation today i invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again you could do that on facebook by sharing the video if you're watching the video right now share it out on your pages if you're listening on a podcast mode somewhere go to visit my website, thedrjulieshow.com. You'll find all the archive links as well as a list of upcoming guests. You'll be able to click on this and the other conversation with, that I had with Dr. Marty and really dig into this topic and stay connected all week on our Facebook page. So Dr. Marty, we have about four minutes here and I wonder if you have any last piece before we bring the show to a close that you want to to say to our guests today, to our listeners? Sure. Well, first of all, again, thank you for having me. And I, I do want to say to them, if they go back and they listen to the very first conversation that you and I had, they will understand why I do this work. I had to, in order for me to ungun. Yeah. And once I discovered how to ungun, there was just absolutely no way I was going to keep the secret to myself. I wanted to share it. I wanted to use my superpower for good. And I want to make it available to everyone. And so I thank you, Dr. Julie, today for using your superpower, for you allowing your platform and your reach of people that may not ever give me a voice, but you've shared your microphone today. And though that is the way that we will be able to chip away at racism, chip away at the hurt and the pain and all of those things that we're experiencing that doesn't feel good. That's the way to do it. So again, I thank you. I appreciate you. And I appreciate every single listener. And I hope that if you are ready, if you're absolutely ready, I want you to reach out to myself or Dr. Julie, and we're ready for you. We're going to help you on gun. Mm. So thank you. Thank you. And again, that's unguninstitute.com. And also look for Black Sunday. So there it is right there on your screen. If you're looking, unguninstitute.com. I want to leave you with the words of Jay Marshall, who said, it's been said that time heals all wounds. The truth is that time does not heal anything. Mm. It merely passes. It is what we do during the passing of time that helps or hinders the healing process. 
You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm wishing you a world of love. Bye for now.